At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everyone wants more All we can do is wait for season four I thought in the meantime That it might be fun To read every comic and book In what I call the Stranger Danger Book Club Welcome back to the Stranger Danger Book Club. I know it's been a little while, but um, as you know, I'm what you would call a slow reader. Um, I I take my time. A lot of times I read uh, when I go to bed at night and I start reading and all of a sudden it's like... That's my sound effect for sleeping. I fall asleep. I fall asleep a lot when I'm reading. But when I'm into a book, I want to pick it up um, left and right and read it every chance I can. I can, And I'm happy to tell you that with today's book club entry, that is the case. Today, of course, I'm talking about the 2021 novel, Rebel Robin. From author A.R. Capetta, who I have to be honest, I was not familiar with uh, before reading this book. I'm not sure. It's, it's fun finding an author who you might not have been aware of um, for any reason. But it's fun when you're like, oh, I'm going to read this because of XYZ, because of the topic. 
And then you go, huh, wow, that was, that was really well written. Uh, you know, maybe I, I should see if there's anything else worth uh, reading. Uh, this author, A.R. Capetta, uh, this is from uh, A.R. and Corey's website. Um, did I lose the website? No, One's in Future Stories. And uh, the AR's bio says, A.R. Capetta, in parentheses, all pronouns, is an acclaimed author of The Strange and Magical. Titles include The Lost Coast, Echo After Echo, the Brilliant Death series, and the best-selling Once and Future series co-authored with their spouse, Corey McCarthy, which was a finalist for the New England Book Award. Hey, I'm in New England. Cool. Other accolades include Junior Library Guild selections, Kirkus Best Book of the Year, Locus Recommends Reading List, Book List Top 10 Horror Slash Fantasy for YA, which stands for Young Adult. I know that because uh, I, I'd rather read those books than books that are made for quote-unquote people my age. And ALA Rainbow List Selection. AR lives in Vermont and teaches in the MFA program at VCFA. Vermont, that's New England. I've been to Vermont. Um, my wife and I drove, we used to go there with her family to a place called Quiggy Gorge. We'd drive all the way up there just to pick apples. Um, but then we'd find this place, this place called Fool on the Hill, where you get this corn they made on a wood stove. It was amazing. Uh, and then we'd go to this gorge and look over into the gorge, like, wow, that gorge is really. Really uh, deep. I mean, it's a gorge. It has to be deep. That's what you call a segue. I just saw Vermont, and boom, that's where my brain went. But um, AR, again, not familiar with um, their work until now. And now I am. And now I can honestly say I'm a fan. Because, um, spoiler alert, I really enjoyed this book. It it felt like, again, now when I do the comic book episodes, I've started kind of going through the entire comic book. Um, it's it's kind of a, it's a way I've been doing different podcasts that I have. I have another podcast on comic books, and I, I like to read the, the comic book and go through it. So that's what I did with the last couple of Stranger Things uh, comic books. But with the book, I can't really do that. Um, mainly because I don't think I am uh, uh, smart enough to do it. So what I kind of just want to do is give a give my thoughts on the book. Um, if you if you don't know, this is a this is the story of Robin Buckley, and it's kind of learning more about her uh, before we meet her in Stranger Things three. If you remember in Runaway Max, it was kind of a similar thing. We we learn about Max. Um, it's it's a little different. We were, with that one we learn about Max before, but it's it's also kind of what um, we see the world through Max's eyes as Stranger Things happens, uh, season two. So that um, the difference with this is. With Robin, we don't see her interacting um, as far as the, the quote-unquote Stranger Things story going on, the, the story that we know from Netflix. What we do see is 
kind of her reaction to some of the stuff going on uh, in season one, because this goes back to 1983, if I'm correct. She's a sophomore in school, and um, Steve is a junior at this point. I'm correct, right? Look at me. I'm, I'm the podcaster, and I'm like, huh? I, I promise I read the book, and I really enjoyed it. Um, but again, not that I'm comparing it to, to Runaway Max, but just like with Runaway Max, it's written in the first person, which, you know, I do this, I do that. So we're basically, to me, I feel like we're reading uh, Robin's words. And what I've discovered, or maybe it's me projecting, but with you know, Doctors on the Edge of Town with Runaway Max and with Rebel Robin. Feels like the the writers um, have gotten this amazing grasp of writing the dialogue in such a way that in my head, it just makes all the sense in the world that these characters are saying this and would say this. Like, every time Robin spoke in the book... It just felt like Maya Hawke's Robin Buckley on the TV show, um, and I'm—I mean, I'm saying that with that with the highest like compliment I can give. Like, as far as like, it's not like I said like seventy-five times in that sentence. But you know, when you think, oh, someone think of like someone who writes fan fiction. They're writing, you know, like we're writing about something that we're passionate about and we love. But maybe they don't nail it in the way of like, this is what, what they project the character would do or say. But with this, I don't know, for me, it just felt like everything made sense. Everything was perfect. And it just captured the Robin Buckley character to me. That was one of the things that I liked about it a lot. Um, now, in... Uh, we do see some of our, our, our friends. We see uh, Nancy Wheeler. We see Steve Harrington. We even see her interact with Joyce. We see her interact with, with Bob Newby. I mean, it is, there are some real smart, um, clever ways that she gets to interact with all these characters we love, but not in a way where she'd be, you know, in the story of Stranger Things before we meet her. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, Now, I don't know if you've read this yet, so there will be spoilers as I'm going through it. Um, It's like we meet her at the beginning of her sophomore year. Now, I have to be honest with you. I finished reading it last week and I'm going all on memory right now like a like a professional amateur podcast er I can't even say podcast er properly. Um so I if, if I get any of the order or any of the um facts wrong I apologize. I'm but I'm but 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 I really like the book. So um so that that's 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 the that's the lead. That's the headline. Mike likes book. Mike enjoyed reading. So the main like 
component of the story is Robin is someone, she's a band geek, but she's, she likes band, but she doesn't love it. She has her friends that she enjoys, but she doesn't feel like she quite fits in. She um, does not like Hawkins, does not like what Hawkins has done to her hippie parents. And you actually heard a clip at the beginning where she talked about the Hawkins monster. And she's not talking about the monsters we know. She's just talking about the figurative monster that is Hawkins that swallows you up and keeps you here in this small town where you never get out, never leave. You live your whole life here. Now, yes, this time around, Netflix produced an official component component companion podcast to go along with the book. Now, I read the book first, read the book first, and then I listened to the podcast six parts. I listened to most of it today. Um, and it was good. And it was, a, you, you, here's the thing. You could listen to the podcast before you read the book. It doesn't quite give away anything um, all that much. There is one thing they do with the decision, with, uh, with um, something with a teacher, which is different than how it's done in the book. So I was like, okay, but you, if you're just doing the podcast as its own thing, it, it makes a little sense of doing it this way. So it's not one-to-one exactly the same thing. Sometimes in the podcast, I was like, wait, that could, if that happened, then this couldn't have happened in the book. Um, but I didn't have, I didn't look at it that way. It, it's just, it's a great idea. First of all, they got Maya Hawk uh, to, you know, come in and be Robin Buckley. And I wondered... And Sean Mayer, I believe his name is, um, is he's kind of the other part of uh, the podcast. In the book, Robin confides a lot with one teacher, the one teacher that she thinks that Hawkins is actually worth time, worth her time, and actually cares about the students. Uh, and at some point, she spends time in his room during lunch just to kind of get away from everyone else. And the podcast kind of focuses on that part of the, you know, we have conversations in the podcast that don't happen in the book. Um, again, to me, I would read the book first, then I'd go back and, and listen to the, to the podcast. Cause little things happen. You go, Oh, wait, we know, we know what's going on. These, these things. Um, but that's just me. I would prefer the book as the original kind of tome. Um, but again, the podcast, I'll have links to the podcast in our show notes, but if you're listening to this, you already know that this podcast exists. You know, they, they do a much bigger job of getting the podcast out there than little old me, but I'm still going to put it out there. Still going to, still going to, still going to podcast about it. So she's in Hawkins. She doesn't really love it there. She is, um, just kind of like annoyed by Steve Harrington. Um, thinks he's just the biggest D I'll say, I don't know. You can, you can decide what D stands for. Um, and what I really, really enjoyed about this was, do you remember in the episode of Stranger Things, third season, where she talks to Steve Harrington and didn't like, you know, he's like, you're always looking at me. And it's, he was trying to figure out why she was always looking at him. And the she was Tammy Thompson. I think I have the last name right. Oh, my God. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Uh, and that's when 
you know, Robin came out to Steve and Steve was like, oh, like he was a little oblivious. And, and I remember thinking, well, it's the early 80s and, you know, dopey guys wouldn't even think, be like, what? Like, whoa, it seems like it's a bigger deal. And, and again, ridiculous. Um, but, you know, he was, you could see he didn't quite understand. Uh, but that girl, that mention of that girl, and when she, she admits to Steve, she opens up to him and says, you know, I have a crush on a girl. And Steve's like, huh? Which was funny because Steve's a little dopey. That was another ma- major, that was another big part of this book. And I thought it was really well done and really clever how while Robin is going through the book, we already know that she's gay. Right? We know this. But we know it before she does. This book, you know, we're, we're going in and reading it, already knowing the character, already knowing. And what we what we kind of get to witness is her slowly figuring it out. And it was so well done because, you know, I'm smiling going, well, I know where this is headed and I know why she's doing this and why she's saying that. Uh, but she doesn't know. And at one point, her teacher even kind of figures it out. And... There's a really, like, you know, she she's like, oh, one of the things she wants to do is get the hell out of Hawkins. And she has this big plan called um, Operation Croissant. Or in the podcast, she says it very, uh, Maya Hawk says it very well, Croissant, uh, which I'm sure I didn't even say right. I know I didn't say it right. I never took French. I took a, two years of Spanish in high school. I barely got through that. Um, I'm still trying to work on English, let's be honest. But... We know that she loves languages. Remember, she translated the, the was it the Russian in Stranger Things 3. Um, so she wants to see the world. She wants to, you know, get out there and, and save enough money to just travel to Europe and backpack for the summer. She calls it Operation Croissant. And she's like, you know, she's thinking her parents lived this crazy life of, of you know, like the 60s and hippies and... And they, they did whatever they wanted. You know, they slept on the beach and they picked up hitchhikers and all these things. And she wants to experience this. She wants to get out there and see the world. Um, at one point, her teacher coerces her or, or nudges her along the way to, to audition for the school play, Our Town. Uh, and... It's like she wasn't sure about doing it, but then she saw Tammy's doing it. She's like, you know what? I, I want Tammy to be my friend. She really wants Tammy to be her friend. She really wants to impress her. You know, she doesn't figure out what the, the what she's actually feeling for quite a while. Um, and she goes to, to do the uh, audition for Our Town. She actually, you know, uh, almost passes out, or she does pass out. Uh, but it's like she's doing a, a monologue where I, I think it's talking about, you know, getting out of the town and being stuck here. It was kind of a good metaphor for um for Robin's feelings about this this whole thing uh and all along the way while this is going on we get little little um sprinkles of stranger things happening around us they talk about will being found when they found his body his fake body they talk about um, Barb. He talks. She talks about it with her teacher, and it's like, 
you know, she knew Barb as a kid. They drifted apart in high school. And she's like so jealous of Barb because she thinks Barb got out. She's like, Barb wants to leave too. She thinks Barb left and went off and did, and, uh, you know, is seeing the world. I mean, unfortunately, we know what happened to Barb. And we also hear, you know, little things about Steve, about Will. Um, we actually, at one point, we see she goes to a grocery store and she sees all the kids, all the all our stranger things, friends, Mike, Lucas, Dustin, and Will, and um, Mike's mom. And they're at the grocery store and just kind of, she sees them and they're goofing off. Then... Later on, she sees Joyce and Will and Jonathan Byers. I think at this point, uh, Will's already... No, he might already be back at them. I'm not sure exactly. Because, like, you know, they said he was gone and back within a week. Well, for us, it was, you know, the most tense week of our lives. Um, But uh, it is fun seeing the little sprinklings about of, of the world. We know we do get to see Hopper. Um, Hopper's in it in two, two, two scenes, I believe. There's one point where she's walking home, uh, and everyone's on edge because of you know Barb and Will, and um, she's walking home, and her um, Hopper pulls over and will, tries to offer her a ride home. He's like, and she's not interested. And he's like, is this about a boy? She's like, it's not about a boy. Why does everyone think it's about a stupid boy? I'm not interested. Um, but to her. At that moment, I feel like she was still saying, Hawkins boys don't interest me. Why do I care about Hawkins boys? But in general, or, or what she didn't realize is she was saying, why do I care about boys? Boys don't interest me uh, in that way. At least that's my interpretation of it. Again, I thought it was really, um, really well done. And, you know, just based on on the author, it's it. I don't know if it's coming from experience uh like on penguinrandomhouse.com it says erica petta is an acclaimed best-selling author of novels centering on magic mystery and queerness so that tells me she is she identifies as as gay or queer or whatever the the proper term is but you, you know what i mean and so she can speak from experience if i was to write this story i wouldn't know what the hell i'm doing i wouldn't i would i'd have to ask people to, to get experiences to, to make it feel legit. Um, and I'm just guessing. This is me playing a guessing game. Like, it it just... It was written genuinely. I think that's what I'm trying to say. It felt real. It felt well-written. You know, I'm not just write, reading a book, uh, a little novel about uh, the, the further adventures of Stranger Things. Um, no, this is... This was uh, an... Very, it felt like a personal book, even though it's written uh, in the world of of uh, this smash worldwide hit TV show. Um, so, you know, she wants to be in a play, and she, um, well, she doesn't want to be in the play, but she kind of tries to uh, figure it out. And then, you know, she's in this group of band geeks, uh, so we get that world. Like she's, they kind of. You know, they know some of the jocks, but they're in the band, so they're their own thing. There's their own little group that, that like, there's a foursome that they group off the band, and they call themselves the Odd Squad. Um, there's three of them, 
two of them start dating and um one of the one of the kids the one of the date the the girl was like one of her best friends the boy not so much his name is dash you might as well say douche yes i said it boom i apologize um he's a big he's a big jerk uh at one point he tries to like come on to 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 robin nobody knows you know that she's gay um so you know, no one—they just assume. Well, you do what everyone else does. You get—you you want a boyfriend? You get a boyfriend. You this boyfriend, boyfriend with girlfriend. That is what you do. That is what everyone does. The robots are going. This is the, how you live your life. Bleep, bloop, bloop. You know what I mean? Um, but that's not—that's not Robin Buckley. Um, one of the the other, the fourth one in the group, uh, she makes a nice friendship with. Uh, and the others are like, why don't you, why don't you start dating? And she's like, look, I don't see him that way. We're just friends. We're just friends. I don't see him that way. I'm not interested in dating Hawkins boys. She doesn't know. She doesn't, she hasn't come to the realization yet. Um, no one else around her would even think, would even dare think of something like that. And, um, you know, then the, the, her, that friend says, hey, I like this other girl. I can't really hang out with you right now, which, which sucks. Cause it's like, wait, you're like my one closest friend. This was like the one guy that she was going to, um, she was going to ask, come to Europe with me. Um, well, let's go backpacking over Europe. And, uh, you know, that kind of fell through. Um, you know, I mentioned, that we she met um, Bob Newby and Joyce. Saw Joyce a couple times, but she interacted with Joyce uh, at the the store she works at. The um, the plan for Operation Croissant is to make enough money that she can afford two plane tickets, one for her, one for her, her you know her companion. Uh, her teacher said like. It came up that she wanted to go, and he's like, you're running away? She's like, it's not running away. I'm on vacation. Well, it's not running away if you bring someone with you, and I think it'd be safer um, if you really want to do this. And she thinks this guy, her friend Milton is that guy, but um, she wants to get a job. So she goes to the uh, department store, Melvales. Did I get that right? Melvales? That's off the top of my head. If I did, boom. Uh, And she meets Joyce, and they, you could see they they jive like she thinks Joyce is kind of cool I think that's the way I got it and Joyce is kind of cool you know she's quirky uh she's and you know but she is um I think at this point is Will back I don't remember um but it all like she was ready to hire Robin and then uh the Melvale if I'm saying it right the the, the boss comes out and is like nope sorry we don't hire teenagers and she goes, why don't you try the, the, the Radio Shack? They might be hiring. She goes over to the Radio Shack, and there's Bob Newby, Bob Newby. And we see him. And again, every time I'm reading Joyce or Hopper or Newby, it's just to me in their voices. I can hear them, the actors, saying it. And that is, that's a testament to the writing. Um, she doesn't get the job there as well, but she ends up getting a job at a movie theater. And this is where I was like, I don't want to cross 
the streams here because I'm reading a book now that takes place in 1980 and a kid gets a job at a movie theater in the summer. And I started reading that because I didn't want to, I didn't want to wait and read nothing. But I finished uh, uh, Rebel Robin last week. So I'm like, wait, don't let your, don't let your simple, simple brain um, make this disconnect between the books. But no, she works at the movie theater and um, she's actually able to save up like almost this whole amount of money. And I, the, you know, she goes to her teacher and her teacher's like, you know, you can come see me anytime. Nothing, you know, there's nothing, um, you know, if you if you're, don't want to be around kids, if you're being bullied. She's like, I'm not really being bullied, but she didn't like being around people except Tammy. She kept, and she calls her Tam. She always liked being around Tam. Now, my wife's name is Tammy, and I call her Tam. So I just thought that was, a, I just, that, that hits, that hits right in the, right in the sweet spot, right in the heart. Um, but she's, you know, obsessed with Tam. She does this at the, um, at the one night at a game, she gets the band to play a specific song that she know Tam loves. It was a total eclipse of the heart. And she came over and was like, wasn't that great? Isn't that cool? And another boy comes over and he's like, that was my idea. Um, she, like, Tammy is, you know, gets upset because something Steve does and Robin kind of talks to her and makes her feel better. Um, that's another, like, thing where she just, she got Tammy to laugh and Tammy said Robin and she's like, she knows my name. All these little things that when read, you know, like, at the time, she had no idea what she was going through. And then were, um, like, but, but we could see, like, she's got a crush on this girl, obviously. And it comes down to a point where she, um, she leaves, or she writes this note out, everything she wants to do in Europe, in France, with um, this person. She doesn't say who the person is. Uh, but it's Tam. She doesn't put the name in. She writes it in 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 French, uh, because she like she likes challenging herself, and she also likes to write. And she call she calls it like code. Like none of these idiots are going to be able to read it, so I'm not worried about it. Uh, she takes it and crumples it up, and she writes all about all the things she wants to do with Tammy, and 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 you know these these great nights, wonderful days, and and great nights just falling asleep and under the you know uh, you know in the Europe, was it French skylight? I don't remember exactly. Forgive me for being an idiot. But she leaves this note and she, um, someone picks it up and they're like, and she's like, oh no, her mother's from Canada. She knows French. And they read it and they don't know who writes it and they don't know who it's for, but they don't know who wrote it, I should say. And they one of the girls assumes it's about her and they think a boy wrote it and they're gushing over it. And Robin's like trying not to pay attention, but she's like freaking out. And then she thinks, wait a second, why would they think that? Why would they think that it was about that? And then she starts to realize, oh my God, oh my God, it is about that. And she kind of realized, oh my God, oh my goodness gracious, I have a crush on Tammy Thompson. I like girls. And at one point she rushes to 
tell her teacher that she loves this guy and she's like ready to it you know, like figure this out you know she's figuring it out and she's like they're having this like existential I can't say words she's having this awakening in her like figuring out who she is uh and you know and 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 why she feels the way she feels and she goes to tell this teacher and he's like he knew and the reason he knew is cuz he's gay but then he's packing up all his stuff. She's like, what are you doing? What's going on? And he says, I have to leave. I have to leave. I can't be around. Someone's figured out my secret. Like, I can't imagine that. You know, I, so I graduated from high school. And then I'll just say in the nineties, I graduated high school, maybe about a decade after this book, okay? Well, I'm aging myself here. <laughs> Yuck. Gross. I'm old. But I remember, I think when my, because my wife's a year older than me and she went to high school and like, I remember like hearing that at her prom, a guy brought another guy and being like, what? That's like, like, wow. He like, like, not like, what does that mean? But like in, in our town, like a kid was I guess I'll say it brave enough to do that. And which is just awful, awful that that, that is a thought, you know, and what was I 15, 16 at this time, you know, like the idea of like, I don't think kids my age were publicly out. I don't know if I'm wrong or not. I don't know if I'm wrong. I'm sure... I'm sure I'm wrong and I'm just like dopey about it. You know, there's there's guys that I that I'm friends with on Facebook and I go, "Oh, you know, they're with their husband or with their boyfriend." I don't know. I'm like, "Oh, I went to all boys high school by the way." Just throwing that out there. Um and you're like, oh, "I didn't know that." Or, "Oh, I oh, I didn't, oh, I you know, you think these things but you never talk about it or it was never at least no one talked about it with me. I don't know what it's talked about. Maybe people had good friends that they did talk about it with. But it wasn't a type of thing where if they found out, you'd have to leave town. And that's what happens. This is 1984, maybe at this point. And the teacher's like, you know, this small town won't have a gay teacher. Now, unfortunately, I feel like that lasted for a long, too long. I almost, I, I mean, I hope it's gone because it's ridiculous. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But like, if the town found out that this guy, this teacher was gay, can't be around children. That is, I mean, that is, that is, that is the mindset. That's the, first of all, I'll say it, that's the mindset of assholes, first of all. But that's the mindset of these, well, I guess, I don't know, overly conservative small towns, but maybe, maybe it was a lot bigger of a mindset back then, even. Um, it's just, it is, it's remarkable the amount of progress that has been made, and yet it, it's not even close. And again, I'm speaking from literally no experience except just seeing the world around me. Um, but just the idea that this teacher, this guy, had to leave, uh, or, or he had to leave before the thought of it coming up. You know, so, what was happening was 
is he was getting these phone calls. And part of this is played out in the, in the podcast as well. And he was getting these phone calls. Now here's where, and I'm going to talk about the podcast and little spoiler stuff here too. Here's where it threw me off a little bit. In the book, it made me feel like he was getting these phone calls because someone figured out his quote unquote secret that he was gay. And he was like, I need to leave town before it becomes a, a deal, a big deal. Uh, and then it gets to, you know, me being fired and why are you fired and having to go to the next town? And um, he um, he's telling this to Robin, like, I need to leave now. And it, it's happened before. He's had to do it before. And it's, it's just the way things are, and it, which is just like so tragically sad. And, you know, he has a, a partner. And Robin says to him, like, well, what about, you know, your partner? I don't know, your your guy, your boyfriend, what, the guy you're seeing. And he says, um, he has, was it, he has reason, I have no reason to stay, and he has no reason to go? Or it was, it was either a line where it's like, he... I can't stay and he can't leave. It was something like that. And it was just like, now you're tearing this guy away from his, his, his fella. And I'm like, oh my God, it is so sadly tragic. But he was so supportive of Robin. Like, you know, this, you, you, there's nothing wrong with you. This happened in the podcast too. So maybe I'm projecting some of the audio that I heard in the podcast, but like you, you know, it's it's wonderful to see you for you to discover who you are, and I think once she realized who she is, she started seeing a couple like that she wouldn't have noticed before. She saw two boys holding hands, and she's like, "Wait, I'm not alone in Hawkins after all," which is obviously a, probably a great feeling that she thinks these things. Um, another thing. In the book, like so, there's the Operation Croissant. So at one point, she's like, um, she wants to bring her friend Milton, and I don't think she even gets to the point of that. And now, you know, Milton's finally like, the girl I was seeing is really calling me an idiot, and I think we should all go to the prom. I think she was going to bring, it was going to be like three tickets or four tickets, and we'll, there'll be a ticket for you. She's like, I don't want to go to the prom. I don't want to go to the prom. I don't want to go to the prom. But then she thought, you know what? I'll go to the prom. Or I'll say I'm going to the prom. And then I'll have enough money for myself. I'm getting the hell out of here. And I am going to um, go to do Operation Croissant, go to the airport, and that's that. I'm going to um, get the H-E double hockey sticks out of here, and my parents can deal with it after the fact. Um, but she doesn't... Oh, so what happens is she tells her parents she's going to the prom. Then the friends show up and say, come on, Robin, we, we want you to go to the prom. Um, and the parents are like, wait. You're... you're and he, she's like, you're, she is going to the prom. And they're like, she is going? What are you talking about? And that's when her lie starts to unravel and her parents realize that she had this other whole plan. So she gets grounded uh, and this is where we start to see the Robin we know. Because in the book, I'm still picturing the Robin that we know. That was tough of me to not, because she had a perm at some point. 
and she just dressed a little differently. And now she's like, screw this. She chops her hair off. She puts on the like the darker eye makeup, dark um, nail polish. She is like, I am myself and I'm going to be this way. And she, she like makes a dress and like cuts all this stuff up to make this dress. She wants to rebel, but she also wants to feel comfortable and she feels comfortable in her skin um, for the first time. And she's like, screw it. She steals her family's car. And it's like, well, if I can't go there, I'm just going to go to the prom and I'm going to dance. I'm going. She goes there and they're like, you don't have a date. She goes, I have a ticket. Yeah, but your date, um, I forget, he's, he's already here. He didn't show up. I, they weren't letting her in. She is like, screw this. She breaks in. She wants to, um, like she's visioning like going up to Tammy and asking her to dance. And she's picturing all these things. She gets to the to the dance. She um, she runs into the, the the her friend that was dating the jerk, the jerk who came on to her, and um, he's and tried to kiss her, and you know finds out that she wasn't hanging out with her friends, but they they broke up, so she could have had her friend back a little bit. Uh, she start, she realizes who she is. She's finally this rebel, but she breaks into the prom. At one point, parents are chasing her, Hopper's chasing her, and. Um, She's like, screw it. I'm getting on that dance floor. I'm going to find Tam. And uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but she gets there and she sees Tammy um, with this boy and she seems so happy. And she starts to realize, you know what? You know, this is all, all kind of a pipe dream. Tammy doesn't feel the way I feel about her. And she realizes her name's not Tam. It's Tammy. Tam was a nickname that she herself gave to Tammy. Tam, Tam, Tam. No one called her Tam. Nobody. Um, and she was like, oh, you know, she realized that um, she was able, I think she did get a good dance in. Um, and I want to say it was some Cindy Lauper. God, I hope it was. Um, but she was able to then, she broke into the dance and then she broke out of the dance. And that's kind of how the story ended. I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of stuff along the way. But what happened was she didn't have her license yet. And she drove herself to the dance. But along the way in the parking lot, she hit a few cars. And so all that money, all that money that she was saving up to go to Europe had to go to pay for all the damage to the cars. And um, the, the, movie, the book ends... With her realizing, you know, she has to get another job, and she ends up at Ships Ahoy. And we finally see her interacting with Steve, and Steve's kind of like, he's 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 like, why don't you like me? And and um, you know, they it, it's like Steve's first day. Like, what the hell are you doing here, Harrington? And. That's basically like she realizes, well, at least I get to terrorize Steve for the summer. And that's how the story of Rebel Robin ends. I'm sure I got a bunch of inaccuracies. Is that right? Is that, is that even a word? I'm sure I got a lot of facts wrong, story ideas wrong. So please, for the love of God, I hope you read the book yourself. And if you haven't, go read it. Um, it's just, again... 
I'm not sure if you said oh, this is a, um, a a young a teenage girl high school adventure in the 80s uh, where she comes to to really kind of find her voice and find out who she is as a person. And I'd be like, oh, are there any wizards in it? Are there any dragons? Are there any superheroes in it? Uh, I'm, again, I'm a simple guy. Uh, but then you throw it in the world of Stranger Things and I'm like, well, I'm going to read it because it's Stranger Things related and I'm a better person for it. There. I'm a better person for it, for reading this book. You know, you'll just say, oh, it's just a tie-in book to a TV show. Nope. No. To me, it the TV show and the characters of the TV show are a cover for a very well-written story about a teenage girl um, coming to terms and realizing who she is. And just two two thumbs up. I'm not sure exactly how to how to how to uh, articulate the fact that it was very good, and I I I I really really liked it. There, boom, nailed it. Um, and that's it. Uh, the podcast again, not must much must listen, but you 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 want you'll want to you'll want to after this. And they're they're not long episodes. There's only six of them. They average about, you know, between 18 to 20 minutes. Um, there's some shorter ones. And they are, they're well done too, because my hawk's really good. Uh, and I think that's it. I think we nailed it. So um, just once again, the book is called Stranger Things Rebel Robin, or just Rebel Robin is what I'm calling it. The author is A.R. Capetta. You can find out more about A.R. Capetta on Instagram, A.R. underscore Capetta, C-A-P-E-T-T-A. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, And at A.R.'s website, onceandfuturestories.com. So with that, I say we did it. We nailed it. We made another entry in the Stranger Danger book club. There are a few comics that I'm, I'm still yet to read. I'm not, I think one of them isn't out yet, but one of them is. So there will be more Stranger Danger book club episodes coming in the future. Um, and then I feel like we're getting close to something as far as the show. Like there was something where Sean Levy was was out um, talking and saying, you know, it's been taking longer because it's bigger, it's a bigger scope, we're all over the place as far as um, settings, and of course COVID. Uh, but he's like, he said something about, you know, hopefully soon, really soon. So that gets me excited. Gets me excited to get back into the swing of things. But I was thinking, you know, what if, what if, after Stranger Things 4 and Stranger Things 5, because we are getting a fifth season, right? I, I feel like the it was announced that 4 isn't the last one. So let's say 4 and 5, and let's say that's it. Let's say that is the end of Stranger Things. But then they keep making books, and they keep making comics. What I'd like to do is, if our 
time with the TV show is done. But there's an expanded universe, uh, whether it's books, comics, whatever. Um, I want to keep the podcast going and cover all that stuff. Read it all, watch it all, whatever it is. Um, If it's Stranger Things related, I'd like to talk about it. So I hope this podcast goes on for years and years and years and years. And I hope you stay with me. I appreciate you guys so much for listening, for subscribing. I try to do a bunch of different podcasts. And this is the one. This is the one that has found itself a cool, smart, friendly, awesome audience. And I'm humbled. And I appreciate it so much. I love it. Um, and I, th- I think I think that's it. So just a, a quick overview of how you can find me on the interweb. So the show has its own podcast account. Not a lot of users on there. There's a lot more people listening to my voice right now than there are people who follow the podcast on Twitter. But that's cool. That's cool. Um, that is Stranger D Pod. I mean, that is not, not the greatest as far as Stranger Things, but Stranger D Pod. Um, and my own Twitter is Geek Mentality. Now, I started a, an Instagram for the Stranger Danger, but I never did anything with it. So let's ignore that. But Str- Geek Mentality is on Instagram as well. Uh, and um, you can find everything. Uh, Geek Mentality on Twitter, Geek Mentality on Instagram. That's where I do a bunch of different miniseries in one podcast. But everything I do lives on a website called fansnotexperts.com. So I hope you, um, if, if you go there someday and check it out and say, oh, I also would like to learn more about Superman comic books. Huh. I'd also like to learn more about uh, Muppet movies or Batman movies or Superman movies or or the Patriots, the New England Patriots. What, huh? Yeah, yeah, I like them too. Um, so I want to thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing. I'm out of here. Um, and so I just, yeah, I'm just, again, this book was so well done. I, I don't even think I'm doing it justice. Um I wanted to write notes down. I thought, you know what? No, I just want I just want to go. I wanted to do it right after I finished the book because I didn't want things to fall out of my head. But I think I covered everything I wanted to cover. And um, I just, I, I can't say enough good things about it. So I hope you've read it. Uh, and if you haven't, I hope it didn't spoil it enough for you to go read it. Because I know I've left a bunch of stuff out. Um, and it's good. It's good stuff. I think you'd, you'd like it. And being a kid from the 80s, it was just, it was cool hearing and, and reading about that stuff. Um, and uh, kids, MTV was a place that showed music videos. That's what the M stood for, music. Uh, and I remember those days. Uh, and there was there's some fun MTV stuff in that. So yeah, there's some, and of course, the song playing on the background of this episode uh, is by the Mighty Queen uh, the Mighty Queen, Freddie Mercury, is probably the greatest frontman of any band of any time. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say Queen is my favorite band, but my God, uh, you, you can't get better than that. And the song, I Want to Break Free, <clears throat> fits Robin, 
but it also is mentioned in the book. So I thought that was cool. I was thought that was very clever of me. Um, but that's it. Now I get to the point where I'm rambling. I was like, he's still going? Yes, he's still going. But now he's done. So with that, my friends, I say thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And until next time, remember, reading is fundamental. And you can't spell reading without F U N. Butterfly in the sky. I can go twice as high. Take a look. It's in a book. A reading rainbow. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.